Makarov to Stokes, who's onside. Watch out! Here's Sims. It's a good serve this from Southampton. They could finish the job here. It's Shane Long, and he has done it! Just a minute to play. That's stoppage time. Here's Letizia. Hello and welcome. It is episode 81 of the Saints FC podcast and welcoming him back from uh, his paternity leave from podcasting duties. We have Tom Parker on the line. Tom, how are you? It's an experience, John. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. How much sleep have you had in the last two weeks, Tom? Uh, We're getting bits and spurts, you know, I've been off work, which is good. Um, But um. It's, it's more the and you know this, John. Because you have a little one. It's the uh, it's the intermittentness of the sleep, isn't it? It's the, this unusual thing which you never had before, where you get maybe two hours and then you're awake for an hour. Um, that that's where it's really hard. But we're doing really well. Mum and baby are well, so that's all that really matters. Yeah. And how is uh, little Beatrice, Matt Letizia, Franny Benali, James Will Prowse is a legend, Parker doing? <laughs> she's doing good. She's got a hell of a set of lungs on her. Um, but no, she's really well. Uh, she's a very beautiful taking after her mother so really really good all, all positive and you know if we just want the evening screaming we'll be a happy family <laughs> well uh welcome to the world uh Beatrice and welcome back Tom it's uh, great to hear you down the line uh thanks to Carl Anker who stepped in covering your paternity leave Tom um so anyway we've got two games to talk about we'll Go through the first one quite quickly, I think, then we'll get on to, to the, the Palace one because that was a lot of fun. But there's a hell of a lot of optimism around Saints. Um, and there was a hell of a lot of optimism going into the game against Wolves at home at St Mary's. I think everyone was expecting a Saints win. And looking back on it, you probably think, well, maybe we should have come away with more points than zero. Yeah, it was funny, wasn't it? It was kind of the best and worst of Saints, wasn't it? It was almost too easy in the first half and then we just melted. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot, you know, after the game, there's lots of, there's always just sort of catastrophizing on Twitter, but, you know, Wolves are a really good team, aren't they? And in Raul Jimenez, they have probably up there with, you know, up there with uh, Aguero in terms of one of the best out-and-out goal scorers in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I can think of another decent uh, goal scorer in the Premier League as well. Um, that is true, that's true. <laughs> um, Shane Long. Yeah, exactly. Well, Shane Long got his goal against Wolves, but before we mention Shane Long's goal, um, rare goal from Jan Bednarek. Yeah, a wild goal as well. Is what it... a lovely cushioned back cross goalkeeper finish. Quite similar to his first goal, wasn't it? His, his goal against Chelsea scored at St Mary's. Um, but yeah, a lovely, fantastic cross from Ward Prowse. And I think that was one of, you know, everyone's been wondering why our centre-backs haven't been getting more goals. I think Jack Stevens only got one in the league this year. Um, and fair play to Benrek. It was a hell of a finish from not an easy height and not an easy angle, really. Yeah, it's really nice, nicely kind of curled in and, and kind of over the keeper. Um, keeper was, you know, rooted to the floor, which which you absolutely love to see. Um but yeah, I mean, it was a it was a finish befitting of a striker, I thought, really, or or maybe not, because it, 
he didn't hit it like a striker, but he just kind of did that. I, I don't know. It was a gentle dink. It was it was very composed. Yeah, it was almost like a De Bruyne style sort of just yeah back across the keeper. I thought it was uh, I thought it was excellent. I have to say, I thought it was really really. It's the kind of goal you know that that um, that, that Ward Prowse's crosses sort of cry out for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then we had Shane Long's goal, which is another rarity. Um, rarity. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I think um, Carl Anker has, has done an article on how Shane Long is good at winning headers and he's got a massive jump. But for this headed goal, he had to get down quite low. I think he headed it from just above waist height. Uh, but a yeah. really nice finish. And a great cross from Cedric. You know, crossing with his, his right foot, which, you know, he seems to be obsessed with coming back in on, and putting it on his left, which is bonkers considering he's a right footy player. But um, a really nice, sort of reminiscent of a couple of years ago, Shane Long goal. And Shane Long's got so much to his game, hasn't he? We love Shane Long. And if he can start scoring goals as well, and yeah, happy days for Saints. Yeah, there might be some evidence that it's not going to be the start of a run. Um, but we'll get to that in due course. And then at half time, I think you know, everyone at Southampton is thinking, you know, this run is continuing. We're continuing to winning games. We're 2-0 up at half time. We're on absolute cloud nine. And I said this on Freddie's show on The Ugly Inside uh, last week or earlier this week. can't remember now. No, yeah, it must have been earlier this week. Um, on Monday that it almost feels a little bit like Saints can sometimes get carried away with themselves, almost believe their own hype. And then at half time, it seemed like they just totally switched off and a, and a totally different Wolves came out at them. Yeah, well, Wolves changed formation, didn't they? Traore went sort of as part of a front three playing through the middle and Saints kind of melted a little bit. And I think it's, it, it, we do have a problem. We had it at home to West Ham. We have a problem with big muscular Centre forwards, um, and we sort of, we struggle, and and it, you know it was ever thus, and and they played very direct to Jimenez, and we couldn't like everyone else in Premier League, we couldn't handle Traore, and you know it was kind of old Saints, wasn't it? It was it was, it was incredibly disappointing to see. We kind of thought we were past that. Yeah, I, I suppose those skeletons in the closet are going to be hard to get rid of. Um, I mean, it, it kind of looked a bit like we might kind of continue in the same vein as we did in the first half when Shane Long had that uh, chance, I think, with a header which just um, kind of grazed the outside of the post. Uh, but pretty quickly, Wolves were back into it. And, and Neto's goal, the the first one, I thought the Saints' defence were doing their impression of the old Saints' defence. You know, they seemed quite statuesque. Um, I think it was Bednarek was pulled really far out of position and when the cross came in, all the Saints players were standing still and it was it was quite simple for Neto after, I think, did it hit him? And then he somehow recovered, still had more time, still didn't face a challenge and then put it into the net. Yeah, he had a lot of time, didn't he? You're right, it was kind of a bit start of the season, Saints defending. Um, and I think he had almost so much time that he almost thought it was going to be called back. Um, obviously, uh, it, it wasn't, and I think that was sort of you could see sort of Saints' heads go a little bit, um, you know, very, uh, yeah, very, like I say, reminiscent of the old days, really. Yeah, the the fear struck in, and then we have the penalty shout for Jimenez, which somehow <laughs> Hassan Hutel didn't think it was a penalty. I've watched this a few times over, and I've got to say, every time it's a penalty for me. Yeah, weird one because it, it was definitely a pen, and 
Ralph was insistent that it wasn't, but I just have no idea why. Um, why? Why wouldn't it be? You know, yeah. Cedric didn't touch the ball. Stevens definitely didn't touch the ball. And um, yeah, it was it was a stone ball. And it's weird for Ralph, isn't it? Because Ralph's normally a pretty straight shooter, you know. Yeah. We think um, very unusual for him just to be so open. You know, open and say no, it wasn't when. It definitely was. I I think he felt that because Cedric kind of got there first, Cedric was the right side of the ball that, you know, that meant that it wasn't a penalty. But, you know, you can't really account for Jack Stevens flying in and Cedric didn't actually get the ball and get it away and deal with it all on his own. So I I think the argument's fairly flawed. Um, Jimenez puts the penalty away. It's 2-2. You're fearing the worst, but then Redmond goes up the other end, has a shot from the edge of the area, and it hits the top of the bar, but doesn't go in. And I, was that the point that we knew it definitely wasn't going to happen for us, and and that there was a winner for Wolves just around the corner? Well, even with Saints Renaissance, you always think there's always a chance. That you, even you know we'll talk about the Palace game, but you always worry that you know once he's conceded, we're not as strong. Um, you know, we need a we're sort of soon to be obviously stronger if we don't concede or stronger if we concede first. Um but yeah, it just wasn't really our day, was it? I think there's just a few silly rash you know, because the first first the first uh, goal was defending poorly, you could argue it's poor defending for the penalty. And then for the third goal we just kind of we all followed Traore, didn't we? And we didn't no one sort of realised where Jimenez was. Yeah, I mean, it, I think by that point they'd figured out that Traore was the problem, but then hadn't figured out that some of the other Wolves players are quite handy as well. I mean, we, it shouldn't be a surprise to us that Jimenez is you know, a, a top scorer. I, I've put down the question of what went wrong, why was there such a big difference between the two halves? I think Adam Traore is basically, that's that's the short answer, isn't it? He was so effective down the middle um, and we just couldn't deal with him like we couldn't deal with Antonio against West Ham. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Antonio, we made Antonio look like a world beater. I think Traore is a much, much better footballer. But again, it's that pace, power, direct running, and sort of just sort of running at our centre backs. Is um, yeah, we we struggle with. But I mean, look, you know, Man City struggled with Traore, you know, a week or two before that. Plenty, you know, better teams than Saints are going to struggle with him. So, yeah, all in all, disappointing. But you know not probably unwarranted win for Wolves, I'd say. Yeah. Um, looking at, at the XG, actually, Saints had an XG of 0.8 and Wolves 2.3. So they deserved to win in terms of they, they created the better chances in the game. Um, I suppose kind of for the bed and rec chance and stuff like that, probably don't get a high XG because they're so unusual. But, um, and I mean, the the main thing for me really was that it really scared me because it, it kind of brought back that old problem. So since the start of last season, Southampton have dropped 42 points from leading positions in the Premier League. That's 13 more points dropped than any other side um, over that same period of time. And there was a bit of a worry for me that we might carry that nervousness into the next game, the game against Palace. And it seemed really, really important that, you know, we we kind of put that to bed and put in a really good performance against Palace. Um, we're going to get onto that in just a second. We're going to have a little message from our sponsors now. I, I say sponsors, there's no money being exchanged, but um, 
uh, we're just going to give a little shout out for Saints uh, 1885 who've made a jingle for our podcast, Tom. So, so what do you think about this? Have a, have a little listen. Oh. For Saints fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Southampton videos and podcasts, download the free Saints 1885 app now from the App Store and Google Play. There we go. I mean, I would have quite oh, liked nice. some jingle music behind it, but that's that's nice production, isn't it? It's functional, but, you know, it gets, it gets the message. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for those uh, Saints fans wondering, saintsaintsin85.com on the Saints app is a news site for everything Southampton. Um, so you can get on there. You'll find um, stories about all the sorts of things with Southampton. And the deal is they're also going to be posting our app on uh, our app our podcast up on their app and on their website as well so um let us know if you go there and you haven't spotted our podcast because it means they haven't held up their side of the bargain all right you, you know you know what the address <laughs> is, is. yeah saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com um but great to have some more saints content out there um and it's it's days like today where i was in work just staring at the premier league table whilst i was eating my sandwiches at my desk you know when, when you just want as much saints content as you as you can possibly get and the reason being tom is what an absolute brilliant performance we had against palace the starting lineup i've got to say did make me a little bit nervous um we had bednarek out for the first time ever for a ralph hassan hootel game so i think he's played yeah. 42 games in a row and he was out he started of, every single game for ralph is that right yeah i think so um maybe excluding the cups um but you know, clearly Ralph's favourite when it when it comes to the centre of defence, and with Vestergaard in there, there was a bit of a, you know, there's a Saints FC Twitter meltdown, obviously with Vestergaard being in the lineup, and I've got to admit I was a little bit worried myself as well, um, and then I suppose the other interesting uh, thing on the lineup was the fact that Obafemi uh, was in instead of Shane Long, which um, Ralph, I think he did do over Christmas period didn't he? he he dropped um ings for the match against chelsea and played obafemi um yeah. clearly this is something to protect danny ings from playing too much in too short a period of time yeah it's been interesting i think a lot of people were quite worried about it but what you know what's fascinating is obviously ralph has complete faith doesn't he in in the other players i mean obafemi has got a wonderful goal against chelsea or got one against fulham as well in the league cup from memory from early this season and then won the previous season. So he's not a prodigious goal scorer, and neither would you say uh, is Shane Long. But obviously, Ralph has just complete faith in, in his players. And yeah, there was a bit of a meltdown. I think Vestergaard was the main cause of the meltdown, um, which I can appreciate and understand. But yeah, in Ralph, we trust. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things that Oppofemi does give you is a hell of a lot of running it's it's a bit like kind of Shane Long he works really really hard he's really willing to do the press and he seems to totally get the press he's in the right position he's chasing down the goalkeeper then switches to the right back etc um so he, he knows what he's doing with that Vestergaard had a little bit of a nervous start didn't he there was an early mistake which led to Cenk Tonson being right in front of the goal um and I thought yeah. at that point that that was going to be one nil Palace. The the guy scored a goal against Man City, so you didn't expect him to fluff his lines. But my God, he did. Yeah, and it was it was so weird. It was so casual, wasn't it, from Vestergaard? It was so not really what Saints have been doing over the last. You know, with Stevens, uh, and he's so assured on the ball, and Benrek who doesn't mess around. 
and then you know they got this unknown quantity that comes in, sort of Vestergaard, who's you know, not match sharp, not playing international games, not playing for Saints, um, and yeah, just so casual on the ball. And you know, Palace are a really good team, and one area they are really good, and I think they were better than Saints in the first game of the season was their centre midfield, and 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 with AU up front, they've got real quality, and and I think you know, I don't know, Vestergaard just he got away with it, didn't he? He, he did get away with it, and thank God. And then things kind of went from, you know, a little bit scary to worse as Cedric went down injured. Um, he clearly yeah. couldn't carry on. Uh, he did try for a few moments, uh, which meant that, yeah, and, and obviously we know full well that Jan Valerie's been out for a long time with this virus. Um, we don't have any other backup at right back. Um, I don't think Kevin Danso was even on the bench. So Romeo goes on, which means that James Ward-Prowse moves into the right back and Romeo goes into the centre of midfield. I was quite worried because James Ward-Prowse has been absolutely immense in the centre of midfield recently. And I wondered if that was going to hamper us. Um, he's also not also, the world's greatest right back. but Yeah, I'm playing against a hell of a winger. Yeah. You know, isn't he there? I mean, hell of a player. Yeah, Wilfred, I don't think we see the best of him as Saints fans, I've got to say. But interestingly, James Ward-Prowse absolutely relished uh, the opportunity to go up face-to-face, head-to-head with um, Wilf Saha. And my God, he worked so hard throughout the whole game. And just him and Stuart Armstrong dealt with the threat um, down that Palace wing, dealt with Zaha brilliantly. Uh, I was quite surprised that... um, they didn't kind of uh, switch Zaha over uh, to the other side because uh, on the other side you had Redmond and um, Ryan Bertram were linking up beautifully well down the left wing and causing Palace a lot of problems. And we were just totally in their face for for pretty much the, the rest of the first half. And we had that, that wonderful uh, goal from Nathan Redmond. Now, Tom, I'm going to try something a bit flash here. I'm going to try and play oh. the commentary from the Nathan Redmond goal on the podcast. So let's see if this is going to work. <laughs> Zaha, 12 yards out. That's a ball, good ball into Redmond. Back to goal, holds off the defender, Kelly. Then turns away from one. Into the box, fires a brilliant goal! Nathan Redmond puts Saints into the lead. He hit the bar with one like that at the weekend. This time it's unerring into the top corner. Top bins from Redmond. And Nathan Redmond's third Premier League goal of the season gives Saints a deserved lead against Crystal Palace here in the Premier League. Phil, he's got Bertrand on the overlap. Bertrand with the early oh, ball in. Hang on. Now I need to pause shot. it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It worked, Tom. Um, it, yeah, science, John. You're, you're, you're a DJ wizard. Um, so there we go we have the uh, the Nathan Redmond um, goal which again it came from a really wonderful um, Jack Stevens ball like over the top yeah which 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 was just great to see him he's really it's so good that he and I'm touching I'm clasping hold of some wood here whilst I say this but he's managed to get some of the serious errors and nerves out of his game, which means we can then focus on the bits that he does really well, which as a ball-playing centre-back, his, his his distribution, I think, is one of the best. Yeah, definitely. And he did that lovely sort of run-out defence, didn't he, again, where he sort of opens up his body. Yeah. And sort of glides. And, you know, he's got more assists than Ozil this season. He's got more assists than Zaha this season. 
Um, fascinating sort of study, isn't it? To look at and like this guy that's just sort of obviously Ralph has given him instructions to do this. You know, it knows obviously that this is a real talent he's got. And the pass was fantastic into the feet of Redmond, and I think he obviously. There's one thing, you know, we hear a lot about Saints wanting to pump the ball up and to try and make the opposition defenders make mistakes and then for us to win the ball back in the final third. But what an option we've got there of a player that is a bit of a luxury, you know. He's happy to stroll out defence, maybe, you know, gain 10, 15 yards and then launch an accurate pass. And we think, well, what's we done? So we've got goals against Spurs, goals against Newcastle and now goals against Palace. Yeah. Just absolutely wonderful. And Redmond as well. I think we've got to have a massive nod to him. So he picks it up on the edge of the area. He's got two Palace players on him. And he has tremendous strength. You know, they're desperately trying to foul him and stop him getting the shot away. He manages to hold them off, opens up his body, gets his head over the ball. And there's absolutely nothing. Is it Gita or Gaiata in in the Palace goal? Not a single chance. Yeah, Gaiata. No. But it's the sort of thing... Redmond does all the time, isn't it? That kind of finding space shot, you know, he hit the bargain balls, like we said, and, you know, not too often they don't come off. It's probably safe to say, I think the last one, obviously, you had the goal against Pompey earlier this season, they had a goal against Huddersfield, which is kind of quite similar uh, the last day of last season, but, you know, for a player of real talent, he probably doesn't hit as, you know, uh, Adam Blackmore said their top ends enough but god he lashed this one home oh it's just wonderful to watch and i I hope you all enjoyed the uh the commentary on that i was feeling a bit nervous about slipping that into the podcast so hopefully you enjoyed that um generally first half performance from saints i thought was absolutely fantastic so much pressure on the ball we created so many chances i'm not going to go through them but i was you know a little bit worried when the halftime whistle went that are we going to rue the missed chances? Are we going to see another Jekyll and Hyde performance from Saints where we have a great first half, but then don't show up in the second half? Um, I need to have been worried, but actually in the halftime break, we had another bit of action with uh, James Ward-Prowse and Zaha continuing their feud, which has been going on for a fair old while now. Um, we had Zaha sent off and James Ward-Prowse kind of laughing in his face, uh, I suppose this time last year was it, and um, and then Zaha goes and pokes James Ward-Prowse in the eye. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? There's uh, it's such a weird rivalry. You know, Palace sort of have these weird rivals, don't they? Because Palace's big rival is not a London team; it's Brighton. Yeah, do you know this, John? Yeah, it's some yeah. weird dispute between Terry Venables and like Malcolm Allison in like 1972 and have never forgotten it and <laughs> and now obviously James Ward-Prowse is in their sights but it's funny isn't it Zaha is now the most fouled player in the history of the Premier League I think he's got 500 over 500 fouls against him and he just what's amazing is he's still you know what 28 29 unable to resist the niggle back you know like if you remember like Azard, you know get fouled you know, the player, I think, have been fouled even more um, than Zaha. And, he, you know, he never gave it back. Whereas Zaha seems to be so easy to wind up. Yeah, and, and James Ward-Prowse is, I think, you know, on his CV in the hobbies section, if, if people still put hobbies on their CVs, I think winding up Wilf Zaha is, you know, pretty much front and centre. He loves it. He loves the challenge. And he, he knows how to get under Zaha's skin, um, which clearly he did. 
Um, amazingly, VAR looked at this and there was no further action. Um, I'm quite surprised by that. I, I suppose VAR, d- does it not step in for yellow cards? Um, because that, well, it's violent conduct, isn't it? But I guess there wasn't much in it, was there? I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't a booking. Yeah. You think of it a booking when you're like hands raised to the face. You think it's a booking. Um, I'm surprised by that. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. And also, um, on that note of, of Zaha, um, again, Saints tactical fouls. I think Saints are the most, do they commit the most fouls of any team in the Premier League? Is, it, is that true? I think, I think that's true. And But what was brilliant is, I think three Saints players got booked for tackles on Zaha. Yeah. So this is the thing of, you know, don't, let's not get anyone sent off, but let's stop him every time he goes to do something and just happily take a booking for each time. Um, you know, I think Romeo got the first booking like 70 odd minutes in when Saints already 2 0 up. So you've got to give it to Saints, like game management, like we've often criticised in the past. It just, they were just so clever, weren't they, John? Yeah, it's, it's something that um, we've, we've not really seemed to have uh, done that well in the past. Um, yet now we seem to be able to kind of like have that sort of that dirtiness, that little bit more savvy play and and becoming a club that teams don't like to play against. I, I think the embodiment of that is James Ward-Prowse. Um, let's have a look. Fouls chart. I've got the fouls chart up now, Tom. Here we go. Who is the most fouling club in the Premier League? It is Southampton. You're right, Tom. Yeah, see, and... But the, the, what's clever is, you know, have we had who we had sent off this year? I can't think of any anyone. Have we? Ryan Bertrand. We had Bertrand, yeah, for a straight red. But yeah, that's that's very. I mean, like, there's a lot to, you know, a lot of positives to this moment. Lots of how clever, obviously, Ralph's gotten going. This fouls is one thing. Lack of injuries is another. But this is just enabling us to to sort of stop teams and stop players like Zaha. It's very very shrewd. Yeah. Um, so getting into the second half, the the first thing of note, I think, is Stuart Armstrong's goal. Tom, I've got two audio options here. We can either go for the Adam Blackmore commentary or we can go just for the sound of the ball striking the net. Oh, yeah, let's do that. One of the great things as well, if you, if you do get a chance to listen, is the sound of Redmond shot hitting the stanchion. Where, 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 was that his shot? The, the one against Palace? Yeah. Yeah, it's Palace. If you if you listen again, you can hear the thunk as it hits the side. So it's a classic, it's, yeah, classic sound. Yeah. Okay. Listen, yeah. Let's go go back and have a listen to that. Hopefully, this is going to work. We're going to see if we can hear Stuart Armstrong's goal hitting the back of the net. So here we go, Stewie. Was that a nice sound, Tom? Mm, it's got that lovely swooshing. Do, do, do you want to hear oh, it again, what? just in case? Yeah, okay. go on. Let's go on. Lovely. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, a a lot to admire about that goal. There Remember is. The sisters lovely as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it was just nice. It, it's like you know a good forward uh, play. Stuart Armstrong picks up in a in a good position, moves towards the goal. He's got one thing on his mind, and he kind of opens up to make it look as though he's going to go for the far post, which is kind of what you do with a right-footed curling shot. You kind of bend it around the keeper and into the far side, which I think maybe had the keeper wrong-footed, and then it beautifully curled away from him. 
and that lovely little sound as it goes into the onion bag, as it were. Um, he's, he's brought so much to the team, Stuart Armstrong. Since he's been starting in the side, I think it's totally changed the dynamic of the team. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and you know, I don't want to go over things we've spoken about before, but he just gives the team so much more balance, doesn't he, than, rather than trying to play a, a winger as part of a midfield three. He gives us so much more... Um, just the, he just does everything right, doesn't he? He's just not flashy. Very yeah, you know, uses the ball well. I imagine Ralph loves him because of his kind of he's kind of efficient footballer. Yeah, do, do you know what I mean by that? I mean in the nicest possible way. Very much. It's, like, it's a bit like Stephen Davis. Yeah, a bit like Stephen Davis. More glamorous Paul Telfer. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, a blast from the past. <laughs> Um, it is funny because I think at the start of the season we were talking about Musa Gineppo and how important it was going to be for him to be playing all the time um, to have him and Redmond as, as the two wingers and that giving us this sense of flair the, the player that can unlock sides we had some really good performances from Buffal early in the season and Stuart Armstrong seemed to be in this position of just always coming on in like the 70th minute having a fairly passive game it's, it's funny what you think you need and what you actually need are two different things sometimes. And I think we all felt we thought we needed Gineppo to be that player. Um, but actually, it, it turns out what we needed was Stuart Armstrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if we've seen the best of Gineppo because I don't think we've really seen um, him have a long enough spell as part of a, a front three. I think, you know, we've seen a lot playing the role that we're now seeing an actual midfielder play, which is kind of on the right side of that midfield three, um, which you know obviously involves a lot more industry, a lot more tracking back, and a lot more unglamorous work. Um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? The player that sort of took everyone's breath away has been sort of usurped by the bloke that we signed that everyone was excited about, but seemed a bit sort of workmanlike. Um, but he just he just he just sort of seems to bring out the best in Saints, and he also provides a lot more cover for arguably our, I'd say our weakest link in the team, which is Cedric. Yeah, I do. So all in all, he's just you know, and he's got a hell of a shot on him. Like he doesn't score bad goals, does he? No. Well, I mean, it's funny you should mention that, Tom, because there's this song that the Celtic fans used to sing about him: how his hair is fine and he he scores belters all the time. And, and this is going to be my last bit of audio trickery. So I'm going to play this song. Um, see if you can understand it because it is obviously in the Scottish accent of the Celtic fans but if we can come up with a variation on this I think sometimes if a player comes with a good song you've got to adopt it have a listen to this listeners and see what you think should we get this one going for Stuart Armstrong Oh, hang on. What have I got now? I've got a Facebook advert. <laughs> I need to iron out a few things here, Tom, but what do you think of that chant? Is that is that a goer? It's quite long, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite an epic. Um, I, I think it's one of those ones that the away fans might have to work on a bit together yeah. in the pub, get it going at a few away games, together. before it's going to work in the um, 
in St Mary's with the kind of broader church of Southampton fans. Yeah, but he is a you know he is the I think he's kind of the missing piece, isn't he? There's lots of missing pieces that Ralph has found. I think he's sort of the missing. Uh, the, sort of, the sort of final piece in the puzzle, it seems to be for Saints. And it was quite interesting. He was, Ralph was saying about, hey, you know, encouraging him and, and Redmond to shoot more from distance. And they played, it was almost very difficult to, because they were pushed up, didn't they? It's almost number 10s behind the forwards um, and exploited that space. I mean, we were, I guess we were lucky playing a, a Palace team who were ravaged by injuries, who were knackered. And, um, but, yeah, he still has to look up, and, and he, he sort of disguised the swerve on it, didn't he? Almost sending the keeper the wrong way. Yeah, a bloody great goal job. Yeah, it's funny what you mentioned about Palace. There, they almost have the exact same situation where they had a really good performance at the Etihad, um, worked really hard, and then they've come to a home game which is eminently more winnable, and they've flopped a bit because they weren't really at it. Palace and it's a bit like you know after the the Man City game we had that awful game at home against Everton and, and really that should have been the one which we threw our energy into but yeah I don't mind I'm not complaining yeah I completely agree it, yeah. it, was, a, it was a great win very exciting win yeah and um, now we push on it, it could have been more though Shane Long had I think probably his miss of the season when Obafemi put him in front and centre in front of the goalkeeper. This was a worse miss than Tosson's uh, miss in the start. Oh, yeah, way worse. Yeah. I mean, all he had to do was put it either side of the keeper or smash it in anything but what he, what he did. I, I, I kind of, it took me about five or ten minutes to get over that. I don't think I was really over it until I knew we were going to win the game. I think probably after Connor Wickham missed a couple of chances. Um, but despite Shane Long's miss and you know, Obafemi not getting on the score sheet. Those two bring so much to the team in that attacking um, third and cause so many problems which allow the likes of Redmond and Stuart Armstrong to kind of find the space and have the shots themselves. Yeah, it, it, it kind of, we've got, I think we've got a lot of players that are obviously good at adept at putting players out of position. You know, Obafemi seems to be very good at that. Shane Norwood is obviously very good at that. And, and it just creates these pockets for space. And if we can get you know, a confident Redmond, a confident Armstrong, then you know, that could be worth another sort of six, seven goals for states by the end of the season. Yeah. Which yeah. would be huge. Um, before we move on from this game, Tom, uh, I think we've also got to give a nod to James Ward-Prowse for his absolute shithousery. Um, I loved the moment when the Saints fans were chanting, he's got Zaha in his pocket, and he actually did have a little look in his pocket of his shorts. Yeah. It, it was, it's just, he's just come on, hasn't he? So yeah. far. I did, just, it, we love James Will Prowse. I mean, Tom, the, the question, is, what is a James Will Prowse now? He's answered, emphatically. Yeah, it's so good. What Ralph Hasenhutl has done to James Will Prowse, I just absolutely love. Yeah. Um, great article from Carl Anker, your paternity cover on The Athletic today about James Will Prowse. Get over there, have a read of it, use up your free trial if you haven't already. Um, and, it's a really hard game to to pick a player of the match from. I mean, who who was your man of the match? Uh, I'd say Redmond was everywhere, wasn't he? Yeah, Redmond was unplayable. So go, and it was a great goal and a great assist. So you've got to go Redmond. For me. Yeah, I think Stuart Armstrong, James Will Prowse could also be big shouts for that. Oriel Romeo had a great game after coming on. I, I just there were so many. Eight, nines and ten out of ten performances all over the pitch. I, I was just so delighted. Um, 
We've got a couple of things coming up. Uh, I want to wish St. Bannerman a happy 40th birthday. He's, he's one of our listeners. Always gives us a shout out on Twitter. So many happy returns for you. Hope you enjoyed the game at Selhurst Park. Um, Tom, up at the weekend, we have Tottenham Hotspur in the Cup. Yeah, interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I guess we just want to keep winning. You know, like there's that thing, isn't it? Like, well, you know, let's get out of the Cup to concentrate on the league. But we're not going to win the league. We're hopefully not going to go down. We might as well have a good run in the Cup. And Spurs have yet to score. If they've not scored tonight, they've yet to score in 2020. Yeah, no, they have scored um, tonight. They're, they're 2 1 oh, up against Norwich City. And funny enough, in my notes, I had that Ali and Son were out of form at the moment. Guess who the two goals have come from? Ali and Son? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. But I mean, so the thing is, Spurs are looking at a powerful strength team on Saturday, aren't they? You, you don't think they're so? Against Middlesbrough. No, they will do. They, they will do. They will power strength team against yeah. Middlesbrough. So they will power full strength team against Saints. So if you're Mourinho, this is the only chance to establish some glory this season. So I hope Saints reciprocate. Yeah. Well, obviously, we rested Danny Ings against Palace so that we could have uh, a yeah. go full tilt for them on Saturday. Um, we've now won four away games in a row in the Premier League. Who's up next, Tom? The Scousers, isn't it? Small yeah. matter of that's three points in the bag. Easy. Liverpool at Anfield. Um, so, yeah, if anyone can beat him away, John. <laughs> why not? Should, should I just read out? Liverpool's form. No, let's not bother. Played 22, 21, drawn one. That's quite incredible form. Um, yeah. They might as well give them the lead now. Can we do it though, Tom? Is, is, there a, is there a little glimmer of hope? Is there something that we could do yeah, here that, and, and, that no other team has managed to do this season? Yeah, I think there is. I think there is. If you, you, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Look, it's, it's, I mean, they've got the best players. They've got the best defender in the world. They've probably got the best forward line in the world. Um, but look, you know, we can be, if we can beat Chelsea away, we can beat Tottenham, we can beat Leicester away, we can give Liverpool a really good game. And, you know, we owe them. And they've got to lose sooner or later. Yeah. I know that doesn't mean anything, but surely they have to. I, I mean, I'd quite like it if uh, if Southampton were that team. Google give us a 9% chance of winning the game. So we'll have to play that game 11 times to win. Yeah. And and funny enough, the odds for Southampton winning are eleven to one. <laughs> I sure for bookies, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think one, what I would say is that isn't it great that we can go into that game and not really have to worry about it as long as we don't lose nine nil. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Tom, I'm just going to read out the league table position for you. Southampton ninth position, thirty one points, twenty four games played. Um, we've won three more games than Arsenal this season. Um, and in fact, outside of the top four, uh, it's Southampton, Manchester and Tottenham Hotspur, if they both finish and, and win their games tonight, who will all be on nine wins. So, I mean, that's pretty good company to be in, isn't it? And have we got the best away form out, outside the top four? Yeah. Um, 62% of our points or something come away from home. I mean, look... There's so much to be positive about. And, you know, we won't talk about it now because we will talk about it, I'm sure, in the coming weeks. But the games after uh, Liverpool are actually quite tasty as well, aren't they? Burnley at home, West Ham away. These are games we can get with Colts, John. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting. Three more games to be safe to get to that 40 points. Um, so after Liverpool, yeah, you're right. You've got Burnley at home. We've got Villa at home, West Ham away, yeah. Newcastle at home. 
I mean, we could have it all wrapped up in the next five games, Tom. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think... I think Saints will be disappointed. Uh, yeah, they probably aren't expected to get anything at Liverpool, but you probably want, out of those four other games, what, nine points? Yeah. You'd probably say it's not unrealistic. I mean, we should be beating the three first three games. I think we should be winning those. Um, and, you know, West Ham are losing again tonight. West Ham are really in the doggy doo doo. And we can go to the. We can go. Yeah, we owe them performance, don't we, John, at the uh, bloody Olympic Stadium. We really owe them performance. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Know. All right, Tom. Well, we, we said we'd keep it short tonight so that you can get back to. Uh, Thank you. To to your your new little one. Um, Screaming Beatrice. Yeah. <laughs> um, do send uh, my love to your lovely wife and your lovely baby, Tom. It's been really great to have you back on the podcast. Um, listeners, if you do want to get in contact, it's saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com or at saintsfcpodcast on Twitter. Uh, it's bye-bye from me. Right, good night from me. Cheerio, everyone.